You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 51 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members only subscription tier on versusmikehistory.com. Don't be in a state of denial of the racism and sexism. But don't let that block you. Don't teach your children that you have to be twice as good as a white. That's an awful thing to teach a child. Mm-hmm. That's like saying because you're black, uh, white America has a right to change your dollar for 94 cents. But we used to get 50 cents, and before that we used to get nothing. <coughs> Young folks have to say, we don't want more change for a dollar. <coughs> Excuse me, we want a full dollar's change for a dollar or this cash register will never ring again. Yes. I would also like for young uh, blacks to understand that about 83% of all employment happened with small businesses. And uh, (coughs) if you don't have a small business, then you have nobody to work for you. And I would say to young blacks, get into entrepreneurship. We will never catch up with white America until we get into business because there's a thing called tax write-offs. And if you have a job and come together, 10 of you, and open up a corporation and have somebody run it, you hire somebody to run it, but you have tax write-offs. 98% of people that fly first class on airplanes would not be there if that wasn't a write-off. And yet, on that first class, they gave away last year $800 million, almost a billion dollars of free whiskey. But if a welfare mother asked for some apple juice for the baby, mm-hmm. she's laughed at. Mm-hmm. And so I would say entrepreneurship. And then understand that we will never survive as a group until we get into communities and not neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. A community is, I control the police, the banks, the schools, the firefighters. So we're here at the Triple Double Juice Company in East Orange, and I am sitting across from a wealthy man, very successful guy, you know, he's, he's doing well for himself. And um, 
finally got him on the show and we're going to get into some some topics and we're going to talk about everything that pertains to him and uh i'm gonna just go ahead and let him introduce himself well first of all mike i appreciate that introduction bro um it's the kid twan don um englewood native new jersey represent a um you know upper class and a national upper class ent the resume speaks for itself, so like um, I'm happy to be here. And uh, please excuse my uh, speech, cause um, I got a Invisalign. <laughs> where, where, where? Welcome to the show, my brother. Happy to be here, bro. Happy to be here. I feel like it's um, you know, a little overdue. I feel like we got a lot to uh, cover. Most definitely, but we're gonna get this out the way. Let's yeah. go ahead and get started. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the conception of upper class and how that came to be. Because, you know, um, you, you post in billboards now, yeah. and uh, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a big deal, you know? And um, everybody loves a good origin story, so let's, let's go ahead and start there. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> upper class has always been a thing, man. Like, um, it started, like, um, you know, a lot of people won't know. It started when I was in junior high school, mm-hmm. to be honest. It started as um, upper class kids, and uh, it's one of the original members over here. So, um, you know, it's just what we went by is just like a group of kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, when you run in with a circle, you kind of just, you know, put a label on yourself. Right, right, right. And um, I feel like we all kind of came from the, um, you know, same uh, area, uh, middle class living, and we all strive to be mm-hmm. part of that, um, you know, 1%. And um, it all started on like, yo, um, you could be down if you could get fly. And that's always been our thing. Like, if you, if you could dope. get fresh and you could get plied, and, you know, uh, it's an easy entry for you. And mm-hmm. just be cool yeah. as a person. Like, just be a cool individual. Yeah, no whack shit allowed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's how I really started, man. And, um, you know, it wasn't until, um, you know, if we fast forward a little bit, it wasn't until I got into high school where um, um, I started taking it a little bit more serious because um, I started, uh, started doing music like a, a sophomore year in high school. Mm-hmm. Just as a hobby, though. And, um, you know, so when we got in there, you know, obviously we're not kids no more. We're growing up. We're getting older. Um, you know, I come from a, a music background. My mother was in the industry, and um, she always made sure I had my business right. Right. So that's where it turned into upper-class entertainment, um, you know, and no longer became just like, you know, a group of your friends that just running around angry, um, enjoying themselves and living as, like, um, young kids. So, um, you know, as I took on music, um, you know, as a hobby in high school, um, she just instilled in me, you know, always have your business right, you know, always come correct. If this is what you're going to do, then, uh, you know, just have the paperwork correct so you can never get fucked over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, after I graduated and then at that point you, you, you start to uh, realize like, okay, how can I start to uh, monetize this? Um, you know, I knew I wasn't going to go to college. I knew I wasn't going to take that route. Um, and my mom was fully supportive of that, which I'm super grateful for. So, um, you know, I was like, well, we got to turn this into something that's like really, really legit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody that's riding with me and believing this thing, um, I don't want to be that individual to like, uh, you know, let them down. Because I've I always been the face yeah. um, of it, you know, obviously. So, um, you know, I went from upper class kids and then I went to upper class entertainment, which was the music branch. And then the international part is where the clothing comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, started in uh, late 2017. Okay. So what made you pivot from, um, you know, I guess from, from music to fashion? Well, um, they go hand in hand, right? So, Absolutely. So um, with music, obviously that's going to be like the tree. Mm-hmm. That's going to get the face out there. That's going to get the sound out there. That's going to get the image out there. That's going to get the message. 
um, out there, you know, when it comes to the music side of things. And, um, you know, music has a way of uh, paying you a lot different than clothing do. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close to the same. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, like I was saying, uh, you know, a couple seconds ago, it's just like about how can we start to monetize this thing that we're building? Yeah. And, you know, as we're all getting older, it only makes sense, right? You want to set people up in positions that, you know, they could kind of benefit off of what they've been a part of for, for so long. So, um, you know, merchandise and music go hand in hand. So um, it started off just as merchandise, you know, putting out a couple T-shirts mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that represent the brand, represent the Twan Don image. And, you know, at first it was just like, let's just get it into people's hands so we could spread awareness. Right. So um, early on with the clothing, it was really just like breaking even. We wasn't really worried about profit mm-hmm. at that point. It was just like, let's just break even. Let's just get people to wear it and be walking billboards. Because that following is important. Absolutely, bro. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it shouldn't be underestimated at all, at all. So, um, you know, uh, the first couple of shirts, you know, we sold was very, very low, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And um, there were times where stuff was laying around and, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't sell or whatever the case may be. But I was still super grateful for the people who did, like, invest into it early on. And to see where it's at now is kind of um, really incredible, to be honest. Okay, cool. Um, With that being said, I... You you mentioned um, having merchandise left over and just sitting around. Mm-hmm. What do you do in those instances? Get discouraged. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Well, how do you how do you get rid of it? Um, well, what I would do from that point is just kind of try to find like uh, you know people who could just probably wear that mm-hmm. size or like when we doing shows or we mm-hmm. go on the road, it's just like yo, let's just take what's left over right. with us and um, try to sell it there. Um, or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, to be totally transparent, bro, um, you know, at one point I did get, I, I did get discouraged mm-hmm. uh, with selling merchandise because, like I said, bro, there's a bin of clothes just sitting. Yeah. And once everybody get their stuff, mm-hmm. who else do you have to cater to? Exactly. You know, it's just like you don't want to uh, force anything on people, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I, I actually fell back. You know, people see the result now and they see the Mm -hmm. outcome now, but I actually fell back from merchandise um, a little earlier on because, like I said, I got discouraged because, like, um, you know, I think I set my expectations too high for where I was Mm -hmm. at that time in music. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until I did a show in Atlanta, uh, A3C show, actually, in Atlanta, and my boy, um, Liam Eisenberg, my graphic designer, was like, man, you should take some shirts down there with you and just try to get them off. So I just did do, um, you know, I did uh, one design, two colors, took it down there, did well, brought it back up to Jersey for what was left over, did well, and um, I kind of got my confidence back to like, you know, I could do this, but maybe I just need to take a different approach. And what year was this? Um, This was early 2017 that I did the Atlanta show, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. because when we did the first real piece for upper class, like the rebranding of it was Mm -hmm. November 2017. Okay. All right. Um, I want to move backwards a little bit and talk about you personally for a little bit. Okay. Um, and just talk about the 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 inception of of Tuan Don as as a personality and how did that how did you how did you mold uh, your molding as a person kind of lead to this this journey you on? Yeah. Um, I gotta really give uh, all praises to my mom's man. Um, you know, I I know people probably get that enough in the music, but I can never be uh, more grateful, man, because uh, I think a lot of other reasons 
that the way I am is because of her and what she instilled in me. Um, you know, I have this uh, driving force to not like uh, let her down and the people around me down or just fail in general. Um, you know, if I'm being totally honest, my early stuff wasn't really that good, bro. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really that good. It'd be man. like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny, too. Not Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I got to jump in right there. because yeah. It's funny, too, because everybody always worries about having the perfect product before they drop it. Like, it's yeah. like, it's never going to happen. Duh. And, like, and, and really, the only time we see that is, like, in, like, white spaces. Mm -hmm. So, like, when, you know, you got a pop artist... You got a pop artist uh, who, like, a label is trying to push, and then you see them everywhere. Like, that's not that's yeah. not uh, organic in any type of way. No. So, you know, um, most likely you're going to start from the bottom and, and see yourself grow. Like, the beginning of this podcast to now, bro, two like it's like two Day different shows. Night, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. two different shows. I'll tell you what, though, man. I was still super confident. Mm -hmm. And what I was producing earlier on. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether <laughs> it was good or bad, bro, uh -huh. I was still at the most, like, cocky attitude towards my, like, uh, work. And I think that confidence helped today, though. Because if I didn't go through that, and I didn't have time to develop that tough skin, if I was getting hit left and right with different comments now, I'm sure it would probably break me. But I've heard the worst of the worst back then. Mm -hmm. So nothing now could affect anything I like, you know, put into the universe mm -hmm. when it comes to music. Word. Yeah. And speaking of music, um, I spoke to Dallas Dunn a little earlier on this podcast. My and, brother, brother, um, yeah. You know, he's an artist, of course, uh, under the upper class banner. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I know you guys did a project together summertime in jersey man. absolutely yes, absolutely <laughs> and uh i kind of wanted Classic to know right i there. wanted to know how um how you got into music how i got into music yeah i got into music um early on like mm -hmm. so i brought up my mother earlier right so that's my, this might be a repeating uh, uh topic or discussion you can never you shout know. your moms out too many uh, times you feel me appreciate that brody gloria you heard that so um <laughs> I got into music because of her. So when I was younger, I used to just be like on her hip, like by her hip. She used to throw shows. So she done did like shows for like um, Lil John and the Eastside Boys, mm -hmm. DG from Cash Money, uh, Redman, Keith Murray. Um, she used to work close with a Sugar Hill Gang. Like it goes that far back. Oh, she's certified. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, just being um, just like under her, under her wing while she's doing all of this and observing it and soaking all of that in at a young age. I think that's what really influenced me. Um, I always been like a pretty quiet kid, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of ironic because like I do music where you have to be like as vocal as ever. But I've always been a really quiet kid, and um, you know, music was my way to kind of deal with certain things that I was dealing with in my youth. And um, you know, when you do that and you put it into the universe and you see how many other people are kind of like relating with you, mm -hmm. it's kind of like fuel. It's kind of like, well, I'm not the only one. It's kind of therapeutic to yeah. be honest. It's like, well, I'm. I, I'm not the only one dealing with this. And then the messages I'm getting from these people, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a lot more than, it means a lot more than, um, you know, this just seeming like, you know, this is just for me. Right. So um, I got into music. I got to give it all um, to her. And I would say just being able to express myself um, at that age, um, you know, the first song I wrote, um, my family's very uh, music orientated. Like a lot of my older cousins was heavy into it and mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. I think just being in an environment, 
being right. in that environment and you know and just seeing like um you know what i was seeing on tv is just like you know you being true to yourself this is what you could get out of it mm-hmm. that was kind of fascinating to me like i could tell my story and attract people um you know to my sound and to my world absolutely and they would kind of like lift the uh, the the message up so just all those factors um kind of just is what kept me like drawn in um into it to be honest word thank you for that um okay so came up got into music started mm-hmm. your click got mm-hmm. into fashion yes you know you broke your stride a little bit in the beginning of your process but then eventually you found your stride and you got to this point where you're at now mm-hmm. um let's talk about how things started to change uh for the better with the upper class brand that had to be in, um, I want to say 2015 going into 2016. Okay. Um, and someone I have to really give a lot of like love and praise to was uh, Smoke Dizza. Okay. From uh, Smokers Club, Word. Cinematic, um, RFC. Like, I have to get a lot of a lot of uh, thanks to Smoke Dizza. So I shout met, out to the homie Dizza. Yeah, big time, bro. Um, I met Dizza at a show I was doing um, in LES Lower East Side in New York, and. Um, you know, just from him seeing me on the stage, he grew a liking to me. And it was history after that. I became like little homie under his wing the whole nine. Um, so I just feel like the stars aligned for the brand and myself because that's when I kind of found my sound. Like I said, my earlier stuff, um, it, it wasn't really the best. But as I started to just continue to do things and like, you know, just trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I learned exactly the direction I wanted to take with the music. And, um, you know, uh, by the graces of God, I, I met Dizza, and he was able to kind of, you know, give me that push and that cosign, um, and that type of like uh, affirmation that, like, yo, what you doing is like you on to something. Okay. So I want to say 2015 going into 2016 is when uh, everything started to shift. Um, you know, he uh, executive produced my first album, Stay Golden. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah, which I got like right here on my wrist. So, Word. Like heavy, right? So that was like a moment in time. Fire. And um and, and big big shout out to um Shay forty five and Hot ninety seven man because mm-hmm. Rosenberg was someone who uh picked up a couple records off that um album and kept them in rotation for a couple weeks. Oh word. And um same for Shay forty five, uh, Static Selector picked up a couple records off that album and kept it in rotation for a couple weeks too. So word. I gotta give uh, thanks and praises to them. And then after that, I was like, it'd be my fault if if the ball dropped yeah, word. yeah you know what i'm saying like <laughs> and this is coming from a music standpoint yes this is from a music standpoint i'm like yo we are on to something now right like we're on to something now and then um i started touring um in canada heavy okay yeah i started touring in canada heavy um so with that plus the music and just hitting a different demographic in another country mm-hmm. was just like Oh yeah, I'd be a fool to stop now, bro. Yeah. Like all that shit that was happening in the past, bro, mm-hmm. getting discouraged. Like cool, but like I would be a fool to stop now because the signs were just showing, man. The, sh- the signs were just there, and um, it was just history after that. And then like two years later, we get into like uh, you know, the middle of 2017, late 2017, going into 2018. Um, that's when I started going hard with the um, apparel. And we started seeing more on the back end in a sense of like uh, finances. Mm-hmm. And we was able to, uh, you know, fund different things and kind of have our production, uh, you know, um, in, in, 
uh, improve and get enhanced a little bit. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, what was the turning point for the apparel? Because you're talking about how your music is taking off. Mm-hmm. And then eventually there's a shift from, not not a shift from music to apparel, but there's a shift from uh, you focusing on music and then that taking off to your your apparel taking off. Would mm-hmm. you say it was because of the work you were doing in your music or because of branding or? Yeah, absolutely, bro. It, it, the, the music definitely helped um, mm-hmm. because as I'm getting, um, you know, uh, more notoriety as a musician, mm-hmm. um, you know, things come with that. So now you're building a foundation where, excuse me, I'm sorry, bro. Now we're building a foundation where these people who are falling in love with your sound and your image, they mm-hmm. kind of want to like have something to hold on to. Yeah. They kind of want to have something to, um, you know, feel a little bit more attached to um, outside of shows where you could see them, um, you know, face to face. And uh, the, 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 the clothing was just like, like I said earlier, music and fashion kind of go hand in hand in the sense of being an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the turning point in that was when we started making our designs a little bit more loud, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Earlier, early on in me designing like uh, some of the apparel, it was really kind of plain. It was kind of just black. Minimalist. White. Yeah, we just keeping yeah. it like the basic. Let's keep it simple. People like simple shit. And yeah. then, yeah. But eventually you got to take it to another level. I understand completely. Right, right. So we started getting a little bit more louder with our designs and then... Um, I remember like uh, Torre from um, Hip Hop Nation had wore mm-hmm. uh, one of our pieces. Um, you know, I started getting my due to my relationship with Dizza. Obviously, he started getting like some of my pieces and wearing it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I started become I started to get included with circles that you know that um, regular. Let me not say regular. The um, aspiring artists probably couldn't get into right. where my connections were becoming a little bit more like um, valuable. Valuable, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very good word to put it to uh, to to label it. So um, I would say the turning point is when we started to get a little bit more like freaky and like louder with our designs, and people started attracting to it um, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I realized with that it was like, well, okay, now that uh, you know people are actually starting to pay attention to this. Let's shift it to like quality now. Mm-hmm. The designs are there, but yeah. now let's shift it into like making quality stuff where people could uh, feel good about getting it because they want to like wear something that sets up a class on it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, it could last them a decent amount of time. And with the shift in focus to quality, how did that change the production for your apparel? It made me look at it more like a luxury brand. Mm. I'm be totally honest. It made me look at it well, like, yo, this could be a little bit more than just merch. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, to this day, like, probably within the last year, year and a half, I kind of don't even like it to be labeled as merch mm-hmm. anymore, because I feel like we're on the verge of being an actual clothing line. Um, you know, in my humble opinion. Right. I want to stay on that for a little bit, not necessarily on the clothing line, but on the perception of uh, something having to reach a level to be labeled as that Mm -hmm. because you're saying that like oh we're almost at the point where we're being labeled um as a luxury clothing brand but like you just put up a billboard like yeah like like brands put up billboards yeah period so so in my mind when i approach a situation it's like yo this is what it is and i know for me personally when i when i started taking that attitude with the podcast like yo i'm him yeah 
like yo it's, this is it just it just is what it is at this point like if if because if if you don't if you don't acknowledge and recognize your accomplishments after a while nobody else is going to you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you could just be like oh yeah whatever 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 but after a certain point you got to be like yo this is this is that shit you got to buy this because if you don't get it you're gonna miss out mm-hmm. and um i think that's important for our creators and, and our community to really like take that stand and really be um confident in their product because that i think that holds a lot of people back like i was saying earlier with the um with uh people um not really being confident and putting things out and everything like that yeah but yeah i just wanted to uh touch on that for a little bit and and and, and what you're saying is uh very true bro because you know early on you know if you're being realistic with yourself mm-hmm. you you know that okay i'm at a point where i'm just trying to get my feet wet with this and i'm sure you probably felt like that your first couple of episodes um, and doing the and, and, and doing your podcast like you know I'm just trying to get my feet with this I'm just trying to understand the logistics and how things work um, or, or whatever the case may be but like you said it's just like you know at what point are you guys going to start to respect us and pay attention to us a little bit more than what's mm-hmm. on the surface because we're really out here <laughs> like <laughs> Word, yeah. you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. like we're really out here man and you know and for the fact that everything is you know self-funded and everything is Mm -hmm. independently being done it's just like well you know when am i going to get my roses exactly like seriously while i'm here Mm -hmm. at least when am i going to get them so yeah and that's another thing about it being independently funded independently owned and uh us running these businesses on our own like that's not a little deal especially um from where we're coming from because it's not like we're coming from points of privilege where you know we're starting with uh all of this capital or we have access to you know these hedge funds or venture capitalists and things like no we getting it out the mud like mm-hmm. so we have to we really have to acknowledge that and especially um there's no inheritance behind it there's no not rich at all uncle or rich aunt or you know like mm-hmm. yeah um let's speak about the team for a little bit like who's everybody that plays a part behind the scenes because it can't just be one person no, and I would go crazy if it was just me, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. I still find myself going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, since he's present, let's bring yeah. up the my, uh, the first individuals, uh, Malik, uh, my boy. Um, he kind of, you know, he kind of, uh, he kind of plays a, not kind of, he really plays a big part in, uh, you know, what we have going on. It's far from a yes man, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, very important when you're building something. Um, it's so easy to uh, have people around you that just want to say, yeah, just because they want to keep a position, Word. just want to just because they want to keep a spot, and they're afraid to like upset the, uh, you know, the 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 head at the table, Word. if that makes sense. Um, so you know, when it comes to like constructing uh, certain records and certain projects, or if I'm ever iffy about a verse, a track list, um, or anything in that nature, like you know, this is the guy who I'm like picking up the phone and, and I'm calling first. Word. So um, he helped me put together Stay Golden. Um, mm-hmm. He helped me put together uh, Paradise Isn't Free. He helped me put together uh, God Complex. Um, he helped me put together. Uh, what, uh, what was the? What am I missing, bro? Last one. I said God Complex. It's so much music, <laughs> which is a good thing, though. It's a great thing. So yeah, it's a, a couple singles thing. as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a song that I have, Letter to Forlorn, um, that I wrote to Wale, that uh, actually helped my uh, career a lot. Um, you know, you know, we sat down in the room. Come to visuals. Talk to this guy, um, Million Dollar Baby, Shine, 
um, fuck what they're trying to say. So, like, um, you know, you got that mind, man. And, and that's really important when you're building some, you know, mm-hmm. and someone that's not um, dying to be in the forefront. Right. You know, there's no competition. <laughs> Worry, <laughs> He's not yeah. trying to take the, take the spotlight, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one individual. We got Dollar Sign done. Um, mm-hmm. Man, love Dollar Sign. That's my brother. Shout right out there. to the homie Dunn. Yeah, OD, man. Um, whenever we create anything, it's. Uh, magical man it's like it's, it's it's really um you know it's like kobe and Shaq when we when we put things together um you know then you have my graphic designer uh liam eisenberg who uh does all the um you know art covers the artwork um you know any idea i have in my head for the for the apparel he brings it to life because um, mm-hmm. i'm not you know i don't really know how to draw it that well but um my ideas i think it's um sometimes phenomenal right mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's another individual um, I got to give a lot of praise to. We got uh, Brandon Ross, Plan B, um, who actually produced and mixed and mastered the whole God Complex EP. He's been uh, mixing and mastering my music since uh, 2015. So he's a real, uh, you know, prominent uh, individual. We have uh, my boy uh, Tyler, um, who does, um, he does like, uh, he call it uh, AMV, it's like am- anime uh, music videos. Oh, word. Yeah. And uh, he's, oh uh, my God, he's, uh, he, he kills like those, that. Like those lo-fi joints on yes, YouTube? Yes, man. He is Fire. a monster. He is yeah. a monster. He did one for uh, Fuck What They Trying to Say um, off my uh, last project. And, word. oh my God, man. Yeah. So, um, and then my um, and, and he's big on like fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, um, that's something we're gonna kind of try to attack uh, later down the line. And then my boy, uh, Malk Boogie. Malk Boogie does a lot of like um, you know, uh, skits for us. Like mm-hmm. he's like our big body less. In a Word. Sense. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> and he kills them. He kills them shits, man. And um, it's always a pleasure because we try not to like overuse him. So Word. when we do hear him, it's yeah. like uh, it's like gold. Yeah, yeah. So the the crew is very uh tight knit, man. And if I'm missing anybody, I really apologize. But they know I don't uh, mean it in that sense. But it's a real tight knit crew, man. But the way we move, you would think we had a whole like a uh, foundation, you know. Word. Yeah, that's good to hear. Shout out to everybody um with their hand in the pot up at upper class. You know, you guys yeah. are holding it down. Big time. Um. So let's let's move to cur- let's move towards the current time. Um, how how if at all was your work ethic or or any creative projects stifled by um, the pandemic? I don't I don't think it was at all, bro. Mm. I don't think um, you know how as devastating as twenty twenty was. Um, and I hope, you know, we never have to go through anything like that again. For sure. I don't think the brand and, you know, how we go about things was stifled, mm-hmm. to be honest. We had a very uh, uh, successful year in a sense of, um, you know, music-wise mm-hmm. and clothing, um, you know, which I'm super grateful for. Um, I just think, you know, I have a very, very uh, solid, like, foundation. Word. And uh, for the fact that they were supporting me in the middle of the, like, world, almost ending it was mm-hmm. just like the most phenomenal thing to yeah. me bro i'm just like god damn y'all buying more apparel than y'all did when shit was normal like it's crazy <laughs> word it's it's funny yeah. too because it's like yo it, it, it really be it really be during that time because it's like people don't want to be focused on reality 
So it's like, yeah. yo, I'm gonna be online. I'm gonna shop. Oh my man's like business. You know what I mean, like 2020. And it's not like things so, aren't gonna open, right? Exactly. So at least you have something like in exactly. the arsenal for when things, um, you know, get a hundred back to a hundred percent. And with the music, um, you know, bro, I only dropped two projects last year, bro. Two projects last year. I mean, it's two more and, than than a lot of artists. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two more than a lot and of they, artists. They were, they were quality. Um, you know. Uh, they were they were good they were good projects in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing I do have to say about 2020 is that it did give me the leisure to uh, reflect a lot on like um, my business model and you know how I want to approach things um, you know going forward. And it gave me some time to really build uh, the foundation for the clothing because the music has gotten a big head start. Mm-hmm. The music has gotten a big head start. To me, Word. the music is a teenager at this point, and the clothing is still and um, learning how to yeah, trying to walk, learning how to walk. So, 2020 gave me a little bit of leeway to kind of like you know uh, nurse and cater to uh, that side, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, of of what we're trying to build. Word. Yeah. All right. Um, with that being said. What? This, is a, this is a beautiful conversation we have. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorite. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is definitely one of my favorite interviews I for sure. And I'm not even. Yeah, there's no, there's no cap in that. Um, we're going to wrap it up soon, though. Uh, I just want to talk about the future of your brand and yeah. where do you see yourself going next musically and apparel wise. All right. So um, when it comes to music, I, I, I just want to keep cementing myself. Mm-hmm. And I just want to continue to create um, uh, some legendary uh, status in this game. I, I really want my presence to be felt. Right. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm not going to stop until I feel like we've done that. You know, whether it's on a major level, whether we continue to just keep killing it independently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I personally I personally know uh, the ceiling. I want to take it. Like, right. You know, um if I'm if I'm being optimistic and I'm being like you know if this is wishful thinking I kind of know at the age where I want to retire Word. from music and um, you know I kind of know the direction I want to start taking the music mm-hmm. I mean the clothing um, you know the next thing I see in my in my eyes is a storefront Word. I'm not sure exactly where it would be a, a beautiful feeling to, to for the first one to be in Jersey um, more collabs with, um, you know, fellow New Jersey artists, which mm-hmm. I don't do too much, but I do feel like, you know, it's up to me to lend that hand and to Definitely. reach out. Um, you know, I don't ever want to feel like I'm bigger or uh, a too 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 much larger than life that I can't reach out to someone to do a record. Word. Um, you know, and when it comes to the uh, clothing, I would love to, uh, you know, collab with, you know, a lot of people who influence me. And hopefully, this will be me speaking it uh, into uh, such influence, as uh, such as uh, Diamond Supply, mm-hmm. such as uh, Amay Leon uh, Dior, uh, ALD, Teddy Sanchez, um, Ralph Lauren, um, Casablanca, uh, Joe Fresh Goods, Pierre Moss, um, you know, Samuel Ross from. Um, he, he did a lot of things with Nike, black designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went blank, so sorry that I didn't forget, I, I don't remember his uh, brand exactly. But um, just a, a, a lot of people who I feel like share the same values um, that I'm trying to build with um, upper class. Word. Um, you know what I'm saying? So these are things that I want to check off my checklist. Um, you know, I've been uh, hounding Dizza in the text messages like, yo, when are we going to uh, do a campaign? Word. So Dizza, if you hear this, this is me, uh, you know, throwing jabs. Like, <laughs> let's do that, brother. <laughs> 
with the Smokers Club. And, um, you know, and just, you know, I want to create more opportunities for people who look like me, man. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I want to create more opportunities for people who look like me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember just having to try to figure it out on my own. Word. Um, and I know that that information is scarce, man. People are not as transparent with their information. Um, so I want to be that individual that if a young kid come up to me or, or just mm-hmm. any, like I said, anyone who looks like me and just like, yo, what is, you know, what is just something to get me Word. started to get the ball rolling? Yeah. And then uh, if that individual is willing to listen, man, I'm all for just giving the game. Because I think a big problem with, um, you know, things sometimes is just people just like to keep information to the chest. Absolutely. And I hate it. Yeah, bro. And and there's there's no way that we can really uh, prosper like that, Mm -hmm. man. You know, we have, uh, you know, 1% who who make it to Jay-Z's level. But, um, you know, it's enough out here for all of us. Absolutely. You know, there's there's not a shortage on it. And you should want to see your brother or your sister win. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, I just want to be that individual, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and just at the end of the day, I kind of want to just, you know, help my mom finally, like, retire from work, work and just yeah. be able to, like, just cool out and just, like, uh, enjoy, um, you know, uh, just this thing we call life. You know, work. that makes sense. Excellent. Very well put. Yeah. Well, um... Tuan, it was very nice speaking to you, man. This is a very enlightening conversation. No, this is beautiful, man. I, I wish we could keep going, man. What's the clock on here, man? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really appreciate it, bro, because, um, you know, you really gave me a chance to uh, express kind of what's been like sitting in my core. So yeah. um, I, I, I honestly appreciate that, Mike. No problem at all. How about you uh, go ahead and plug your socials? Yeah, so everything is uh, Tuan Don UC. The UC is for upper class. Um, when it comes to the music, you can find me on any platform. Um, just search Tuan Don. The clothing is upper class international, I-N-T-L. You just abbreviate it. Any at on Twitter or Instagram is the same thing. Website, same thing. Upper class, I-N-T-L for international.com. And, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, at this point, we're as easy as finding as just like a Google search. And depending on when this will go up, you can visit our billboard in Bergenfield, New Jersey, on Newbridge Road, off of Washington Ave. The world's greatest clothing brand was made in New Jersey. It'll be there till February 25th. Absolutely. And yes, this will be up before then, so go ahead and check that out. You got until February 25th. Yes, Thank you, brother. No problem, um, bro. So as always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Versus Mike History. You can follow the podcast on Fanbase at Versus Mike History. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike History. And you can follow me on Instagram at Last Name History. And of course, everything Versus Mike, versus Mike History related can be found at VersusMikeHistory.com. Make sure you are signing up for our subscription tier, for our $5 members only subscription tier. You get premier access to interviews and reviews and an exclusive members only marketplace. So go ahead and check that out. This will be the this will be the first release through members only. But um everybody will hear this. So if you're checking this out right now, shout out to you. And we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. See you guys, stay black, love. <laughs>